Welcome back, everybody, to Relentless Pursuit. I am so excited for everyone to be joining. This is a little special to me because we have our very first guest, and it is my beautiful fiance. Everyone say hello to my fiance. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited and privileged to be on the Relentless Pursuit podcast. Let's go. So this episode, we're going to we're going to do a part two of what we talked about last episode being established in the church. And I have a few questions that I'm going to ask her. You know, it's a it's a different background, different cultures, different upbringing. And we still have that same theology in the sense of we need to be rooted and established in the church. And so my first question for you is, is what do you believe is the importance of being established in your local church? Yeah, absolutely. I think that being established in your local church gives you that opportunity to be rooted and to find that strength and to find that community. But not only being established in your local church, it establishes you in the kingdom of God, in the overall church. And to be established means that we are now going to a place where we're going deeper in our relationship with God, that we are maturing in our spirituality. And in order to really access that authority and the anointing that the Lord has for us, we have to be established. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so there's one thing that you said, and it said the access of authority. You can you can you explain that a little bit more? I know I didn't bring those questions up to you. You should have knew that I was going to give you some audibles here. But 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 the access of authority when you're established, what what is that? What does that mean? And what what a how do you activate that authority? Yeah. So what really brought me to this conclusion was I was reading in Second Corinthians one twenty one, which reads, "Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God." So it's saying these are two parts. It says we are established with Christ. Mm -hmm. We are established in the church. And through that establishment, we are anointed. We are anointed. We find that anointing and we are able to bring it out of us because that's something that God has already given us that's inside of us. But we have to tap into that. We have to go through these processes with our relationship with God in order to access that. And God's not just going to release that to us prematurely. If we're not ready, if we're not in a place where we're stabled, where our anointing is going to harm us, then God's not going to allow that access to us. He, he is going to protect us. He's going to put those parameters on us and those boundaries. So being established in the church helps you go on to this process where you're going through those steps, where you're deepening your relationship with Christ, and you're allowing that anointing to, to come out of you in an even deeper way. Wow. 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 And so alongside that anointing, I know in in, in church, we, we hear that word a lot, but but how how would in practical ways, I mean, would you, would you say anointing is is almost exposed or released or shown or revealed through through ministry? I mean, I, would would you agree with that? And, yeah. And and with that, how do you feel that in our ministry life, the, the ways that 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 we show God's anointing, 
that we're able to balance our ministry life with our life outside of church. I know people always say they're so focused on the church life, the church aspect of life, but they don't they don't understand that there's a, a dual side of this, that you aren't just living in the church and just completely sheltered by the church, which you are in a way spiritually, but physically you have a home, you have family, you have bills. How would you balance those two different, almost two different lives? Right. Yeah. And I, that's something that being in ministry, you come to that crossroads of how do I balance being, being in ministry and then also having my home life. But that's the thing. I don't think that there ever necessarily is that balance. Like you give one you give more to one than the other because we want to come to a place where we're giving our all to both and that can only be found through God. Mm. So the key to that is bringing God into all of it. You bring God into into the ministry. Obviously, that is something that we think that we know, but there's times where we go into ministry through our own strength. Yeah. We're not bringing God into it. And that's when we that's when we find ourselves in burnout. But that same can be in our home. That same can be in our family and our relationships. We're not bringing God into it. So we find ourselves burning out. We find ourselves burning out at home. We find ourselves becoming overwhelmed by, like you said, finances and things like that that can seem to build up. And you're like, God, I'm doing ministry work. I'm doing so much in your kingdom. I feel like I'm giving nothing at home. But he's like, well, you can't do it on your own strength. You have to have his presence with you. You have to have his strength with you. Yeah. So in order to come to a place where we are able to give our all into ministry and our all into our home is only found through God. It's like I said, accessing that authority and that anointing that he has given us. Amen. Because we are anointed to do the work that he has called us to do in ministry, but also in the same hand, I'm anointed to be your wife mm -hmm. i'm anointed to be a mother i'm anointed to be a daughter and in order to do it to that full capacity i have to access that anointing that god has placed inside of me mm -hmm. yeah amen. I just, amen right so so then i i see that so you have you bring god into it right and then it comes to the stance of how do you balance your love for God? Mm -hmm. Because I know people that have been real radical for Jesus, but aren't rooted in the church. Right. Whereas I've also seen people overdo ministry without the relationship with Christ. Right. And so how do you get that, that, that unison in that where you can be the church outside of the church and do ministry in your marriage and your finances or stuff like that and having that relationship with God where you're still on fire for him and desperate for him. Right. Yeah. I think that's like a great question. And I'm going to say this more from like a personal stance of knowing that I can't even do this without God. Mm. And so my reverence for him is coming from a humbling place of God. I can't even do ministry without my love for you. Yeah. I have to love God the most. He has to be my one true desire. In order to love ministry, in order to love my family, and in order to pour out his love onto other people, I ultimately have to love him the most. Yeah. I, and I have to know that, God, without you, without relationship with you, then I don't even want to be doing ministry. Why would I do ministry without a love for God? Because I have to 
have his heart inside of me. I have to have his heart in me in order to even do what I'm called to do. Come on, somebody. And so my relationship with him is always coming first. The vital necessity to do ministry is to have a relationship with God. And you can easily see people that are lacking in their relationship with God, are lacking in their intimacy with God, because so one person can go up and speak a word and it holds no power because there's a no, no anointing there. And then on the other hand, you could get a person that goes and says the exact same word and it comes with such a power and such a punch because you could see they're spending time with God. Mm-hmm. Their relationship with God is a priority in their life. Yeah. And then it holds that weight and it holds that power. And it's not that it's giving us power, but it's, it's giving that power and that glory and that honor to God. Yeah. And so us not having relationship with him, us not spending time with him and being intimate with him. <laughs> Sorry, I see you staring at me. And not being <laughs> intimate with him, it shows. It shows when we are doing ministry and it's it's a lack of honor to God. Mm. We, we are discrediting God in his glory when we are not building a relationship with him because we are representing him. Being in ministry, especially if you're someone who's going behind the pulpit or you're on the altar on a Sunday and you're going up there with no anointing and not allowing his presence to flow through you, you're doing dishonor to him. You're not fully showing people what is out there for them, that they could also access this, that they can also access their anointing if they spend time with God. It's not just something like, Oh, we just you just go up there on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And boom, it happens. No, you're putting in this work daily. Daily you are seeking God, right? Think about that song. I don't just want a Sunday faith. You want a Monday faith. You mm-hmm. want a Tuesday faith, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. How do you have that? You have that but spending time with God every single day, right? Like our relationship has grown because we spend almost every day together and also we've been through hard times together we've been through trials and difficult seasons yeah and even though in the moment it's so tough and you're thinking like you don't want to be going through that you can look back and say and see how our intimacy has grown in our relationship with each other our trust for each other yeah so that's with god when you're going through hard times when you're going through trials and tribulations and you look back on your challenges, you know you only got through that with God and it increases your relationship with Him. Yeah, amen. So in one of these challenges, my dad was a pastor or is a pastor, not a lead pastor, but I know your dad is. And, and, and at times being a pastor's kid could be a challenge. And I'm sure you know that being a pastor's kid be a challenge and so how do you deal with the expectation of being a pastor's kid in the church where where people already almost don't like you because of this narrative that pastor's kids can get away with everything pastor's kids don't need to live to a standard or pastor's kids don't even need to love god and so how do you live with this expectation or how do you do ministry with this expectation that's over your life from many people yeah there is definitely an expectation there. For me, it was a little bit different because I'm the youngest of four. So 
I was able to fly under the radar a little bit more because my three other siblings, they were older. So I think more of the eyes were on them, more the expectation was on them, right? Because as a little child, you're not expecting them to have a job and have a career and, you know, be stepped fully into their calling. There's more grace there. There's more grace over your life. And so I think for me, I was able to learn I was able to learn through the pressures that were put onto my siblings and also through my journey and my journey with with God and going through those times of seeing the expectations that were put on my siblings and more of their challenges. I learned that I'm not there to please people. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to please man. My job isn't to live up to the expectations of man. And I desire truly to please God and to live up to his expectations of my life and to live up to his standards in my life. So that's when I began to truly seek God and have a relationship with him for myself. And in there, I found the standards that he calls me to live by in his word. Yeah. And so fulfilling those standards fulfilling that and pleasing God, I found myself in a place where man was pleased by that, even though that wasn't my my intentions of it. As long as I'm pleasing God, if, if there is one person that's displeased with me, I have to be able to let that go, mm-hmm. you know, and, and ask God, okay, if there is something in me that I am, I'm truly doing wrong, God, if I'm dishonoring you, then change me. But if that's another person's issue with themselves or their relationship with God, I just have to pray for them. Yeah. I have to pray that God gives them the wisdom or has grace over their life too, because you don't want to find yourself in a place where you're misjudging people. Yeah. And so if someone has an expectation on me, a false expectation, I'm protecting myself from not catching an offense. I don't want to be offended with people. And I don't want to have this, oh, I'm a pastor's kid. I can get away with it. I No, I want to break that standard. I don't want that over my life that I can get away with things just because of who my father is in the church. And because that's putting myself on a pedestal that I will fall off of. Mm -hmm. I absolutely will. I'm going to fail man. I'm going to displease man. But like I said, if that's not where my focus is and I'm focusing on pleasing God, why are you laughing? Do we need a pause right now? No, I'm just, I thought it was just super funny that just everything that you're saying, continue. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is going to be completely added into the podcast. Just letting you know. This is raw. This is raw footage for you. I'm sorry. You're just so beautiful. You got me. You got me. I have a, I, that's something that is kind of pressing in my life right now, the expectation of being a pastor's kid, because as I, as I have recently really stepped into ministry and stepped into my calling and what God has for me, now those expectations are beginning to come upon my life. Right. And I thank God that he has placed like this shelter and this protection over me. Because I see it this way, if 
I were to step into my ministry too young and without the proper tools and without having that relationship with God and that awe and that reverence of God, it's like a child with a chainsaw just running around reckless, right? Hmm. I would have hurt people. I would have hurt myself. And I don't want to have to answer to God for that. Ultimately, I'm not answering to my father. Yes, he is my pastor. He's my shepherd. And I honor him and I respect him. And I love him very much, but I'm answering to God. And and he's the one that I'm going to have to stand face to face with someday. So my actions and, and how I'm conducting myself in my heart, I want it to be pure. Yeah. I want to have a pure love for God, not just because it's something that uh, my dad tells me I need to do or because it's an expectation that's on my life. Wow. Wow. And so in that, I caught that one child with a chainsaw never heard that before but i use that so anyways that popped out you're doing ministry now you're leading people you lead a, a youth and, and young adult group you, gotta, you, you lead, lead people in your ministry, ministry. And, and so one one, one question, question that i have for you is as, as a church leader how do you instill a vision in these in these people that you're leading and then also how do you renew that vision in you where you like keep it at your remembrance you know Right. And that, so how would you say that you can do that? Right. Um, so I always remember in scripture when it tells us without vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can remind you of the vision. I could speak of the vision, but ultimately I want that vision to be rooted in the hearts of the people that I'm leading. Wow. And so the one who's going to root that in them is Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ himself is going to root that. So so what I do to help people have this vision, to instill this vision of people, I am encouraging you through your walk with God. I, I'm telling you that your intimacy with God is number one priority in your life. Because if I know that I'm encouraging you and I'm pushing you to spend time with God every single day, I know in that prayer room that He is going to give you a vision, that He is going to give you that revelation. And if we're having a similar vision, if we're having a similar revelation, then that means that we are called to build the kingdom together in this specific group. So if that is relentless, right? If we all have similar vision, then then God is connecting our lives together because he knows that we are going to further his kingdom. So if our vision and our goal is to save souls and make disciples and, and to continue to grow that, I can tell you that all day long, but you're not really going to receive that and have a desire for that to go save the lost people unless you truly have that revelation in your heart. Because we could just be going through the motions and going through church and not realizing that we are there and called for a reason. And I was reading in the scripture earlier when Jesus goes and he speaks his vision for the church, that, that he was anointed to proclaim the good news, that he was anointed to set the captives free. And before he goes to speak this vision, right, he's in the wilderness and he's being tempted by the enemy and he comes out and he goes and he says this vision. And then right after the people force him out because they're so angry with him. So we're teaching our people to have this vision, but are we teaching them that to receive this vision, you're going to go through the wilderness, that you're going to be tempted, 
that you're going to have to overcome. And then after you get your vision and you're on fire about your vision and, and you're so eager to speak it, then after the people force you out because they're so angered by it through the, the negative spirits that are in them. So more than just instilling a vision in our people, we have to help them keep that vision and let them know that there is a cost to that vision. There is a cost to it. Amen. Well, we're gonna we're gonna put a period on that one because we need to process that. There is a cost to the vision. Being established in the church is more than just attending a church every Sunday, serving ministry. But that's you are laying your life down for the cost of the vision, the vision of the house, the vision of the shepherd, and most importantly, the vision of God. We are called by His name, and. He has called us for his namesake. And we, we need to have this continual devotion to him. And so we're going to wrap up Relentless Pursuit for this week. This is episode five, six, 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 five, six. All right, six. Again, I'm going to leave that in there. But anyways, so we thank you for joining us again. Send messages, reach out. If you need prayer requests, we are here to pray we are here for you at the end of the day we are here for you and so we thank you and we love you guys all right see you guys